This week, we talk past, present, and future as we ring in 2016 on the Tech on Tap podcast with a recap of everything that went down in 2015 and what we're up to in 2016. Happy New Year! Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp! Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. I could think of no better way to spend my new year than sitting here with Glenn Sizemore. Oh, I could think of some better ways, but uh, we're here, so let's do this. And Andrew Sullivan. Uh, you know, I'm with you. I can't think of a better way to spend the new year than, you know, right back here at the office. <laughs> hey, what I thought about when we hit 2016 is like, man, what do I really want to do? I know, wake up and go into the office. Wow, I need some of whatever you're on, buddy, because i got to be honest with you. Today was a chore. Today was hard. My, my New Year's resolution was to start uh, sniffing more glue. Oh, so uh, that's I've, I've had like four double cappuccinos out of the coffee machine, so I'm like a hummingbird over here. So <laughs> He is. He is. He's, he's actually louder today. He's like, wow. You know, it's like he's been drinking. You should drink all the coffee before you come in every time. Uh, you know, did you ever see the episode of Futurama where Fry had 100 cups of coffee? Yeah, I'm kind of feeling like that. Or the episode of The Big Bang Theory where Sheldon has a cup of coffee and... It becomes the Flash. Becomes the Flash, yeah. <laughs> just runs across <laughs> the room. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right, as I said, New Year. Uh, this is episode 21 of the podcast. We, we just did our 20th episode, a holiday edition, where we recycled some interviews. And you know what? We're going to do that again this episode. Yeah, we're going to keep re-gifting, because guess what? We found a couple more. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I forgot just how much stuff we recorded last year. Yeah, it we, really was yeah. kind of prolific. Not only did we record it, but we sat on it. I don't know how you forgot all that, because I don't think we sat down through the entire insight, either U.S. or Europe, because we were recording pretty much constantly. Yeah, it was one of those, it, it was one of those things. You know, we, we, uh, we went on our break. Uh, we went and, and I, I went and spent so much needed time uh, with, with my kids and, and wife, just, just hanging in the house, uh, getting some, some home time there. Uh, and then yesterday, my alarm goes off, and I get dressed and come to work, and I'm just sitting around like, this does not feel right. I, I oh, I got to get used to this work thing again. Yeah. Did you remember your password at least when you, when I you did. came in? That's I did. Good. I did. That's good. I did. Windows 10 PIN number. Yeah, come on. Passwords yeah. are so, like, 2014. I was uh, I got renewed automatically for the Xbox Live subscription, and since I don't really play Xbox anymore, I'm on the PS4. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to cancel this. So I went in and realized that I'm still using my Hotmail address for my login. Really? I did, am. Yeah. Did, how are the '90s looking? Hey, looking pretty good, man. Got my uh, Miss Pac-Man. Oh, yeah, that's '80s. Don't, anyway, don't 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 get too attached. You know, if you're if you, yeah. I don't know about you, but last night I got home from work. I, was like, I think I'm going to sit down and shoot some stuff and just relax a little bit. PSN down. <laughs> space magic. Yeah, space internet failed me. Space internet. <laughs> what did you do, Andrew? Over the break, uh, well, we celebrated my oldest daughter's birthday, so that was a that's well, always happy fun. birthday, oldest daughter. Yeah, she's the ripe old age of five. So Whoa, veteran. Yep, old enough to have an attitude, but young enough to to not know that she shouldn't have an attitude. <laughs> that's good. So. Well, that's going to be that way for another ten years. 
15 I, maybe. Yeah, I was factoring like 20-ish. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I mean, after like 13 or whatever, hopefully you won't have to deal with that anymore as much. I so. never really grew out of it. I got to be honest. <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> got some rebels in here. Did you guys see the new Star Wars? Of course. Yeah. I, yeah, so, some I had of to us, ask. We're done. Yes, it was yeah, a rhetorical question. Did some you see the new some of us uh, made a podcast recording that the, the <laughs> listeners have still not yet heard uh, because we're waiting on some things to happen so we can publish it. Yeah, I was uh, out, I was out that day. I was <coughs> sick watching Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I I think Andrew and I hit it up the day after you. Yeah, yeah. I did I did like a lunch break with my wife because she doesn't want to go at nighttime because she'll fall asleep because she's got like. A bedtime of six p.m. She's got to be a senior citizen. That that is a really good excuse to go watch Star Wars during your work day. <laughs> I got to be honest. I did to actually take time off, so I can't. You know, I'm not. I didn't call in sick. So if you if my bosses are listening and want to fire me, don't. Thank you. <laughs> so I notice your wife doesn't listen. However, since you know. she 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 actually did once, and she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. She's a developer too. She's like, she knows computers. She's like, I have no idea, and I don't care. So that was the extent of it. She supported me once, and that was enough. Well, you remember, I did have the good fortune of meeting your wife. You at, did, uh, you did, yeah. At, at the ugly Christmas sweater party. That's right. She so. was um, she was way more popular than I was, which <laughs> was a little sad. Yeah, I'm sure there's a picture of me wearing that unicorn sweater somewhere. Ah, uh, yeah, I think there is somewhere. I'm sure Dan has it. Yeah, Dan. Dan Isaacs are Dan, flash to uh, me. Yeah, Dan and his sweater parties. Uh, so my break was uh, consisting of my two-and-a-half-year-old learning how to use the potty. Oh, fun. Did That's he, right. Did he finally show you? He did not show me. I'm still learning. But he actually figured it out pretty quickly. This kid, like, uh, as far as like potty training goes, he's, the, he's a subject matter expert. Dope. Okay. I mean, he could be the potty TME. He could be the potty TME. Okay. So. Well, we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye out. You know, if, we, I think if we have an opening with potty TME, then uh, you know we'll have to get put him in there. I think when the insight call to papers come out, he's going to submit a session on potty training. I'm not going to ask who the current potty TME is then. Uh, we, <laughs> no <laughs> we, comment. We, we didn't have a backfill. <laughs> we didn't get. A All right, potty. Okay, Lottie Dottie. We likes to potty. Yes. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Year in review. So we're going to talk a little, you know, every, every episode of a podcast, every blog, everything has to have a year in review every new year because that's just what you do, right? I mean, you have to talk about what you've done, and we're going to talk about also what we're going to do, and then we'll, we'll fill it up with some more interviews that we have like we talked about. So let's just start with what we did as individual contributors this year. So tell us a little bit about your highlights this year, Glenn. What sort of things did you do that you felt the most proud of? Yeah, so th- so this year is is interesting for me because none of the stuff that I did last year is actually out yet. <laughs> so you have nothing to show for last year. I don't. Um, unfortunately, I, I w- we actually have uh, talked about some of the stuff, but it's it's not doesn't have bow on it, and and it's it's I've been handed off. Uh, I've I've actually moved from project to project to project a couple of times. I've had the the great pleasure of getting about three or four different things off the ground, but not actually seeing them all the way through. So that unfortunately, I can't share too much. Uh, my highlight of last year, though, believe it or not, was was getting those two days to sit down and just crank on a PowerShell script. Uh, it was it was the only real opportunity I had to go back in there last year and and just do some dev like that, some old school you know infrastructure development. Uh, and I still find that stuff just endlessly entertaining. It, it's it's like meditation for me. 
you know, the, how am I going to get storage to this server and deploy the application and then get the data restored back in and do so all without having to touch it and make it repeatable and reliable? Like, I, I don't know. I just find that stuff. It's like a treasure map. It is. It is. It's like, a, it's like my version of a Sudoku puzzle, really, honestly. Like, but when I'm done putting those things together, I don't, I don't walk away just like, oh, that was awesome. It's just, it's like, ah, just relaxed. Did you see the website I sent you? It was uh, early December, adventofcode.com. I did, I did, I did. You sent me a picture of a Christmas tree in code, and I almost replied back with my PowerShell script, which animates a decorated Christmas tree in a PowerShell prompt. No, I, I, uh, if you haven't seen it, right, it's a bunch of 25 code problems, and uh, they, they were pretty interesting. I sat down over the break and uh, rehashed my, you know, the, the, the PowerShell that I've been neglecting for the last couple of months doing other things. So I had a blast doing that. Yeah, it's, it's important to do it again. You know, I mean, you, it's like a bike. You don't really forget it, but you do get yeah. rusty at it, right? I mean, you, don't, you, you fall off once or twice. Well, I also have a personal rule that, that I kind of developed on accident a couple of years ago, and it served me very well ever since. You know, I, I generally speaking, I tend to take about two vacations a year. Um, and, and about two or three years ago, I can't remember exactly when it was, uh, I, I, just by pure happenstance, I took one of those breaks and I focused on getting better at something that I wasn't good at or learning something that I didn't know. And the other break, I just played video games and drank beer and watched football. And I gotta be honest, like, divvying up those into different things and having one where I'm dedicated to improving myself and having one where I'm dedicated to doing absolutely nothing. So which one is the improving yourself? Uh, the, the, actually, that's the summer break because the summer break for me is just take my kids to a beach and they party in the beach and my wife hangs out in the water and I sit on the shore and listen to an audio book and try to learn something I didn't so know. So are before. you suggesting that watching football and drinking beer is not improving yourself? Because I would have to disagree. Not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. What about you, uh, Andrew? What did you do that you were the most proud of this year? Or what sort of things did you do that you accomplished that you thought were good? Uh, my year last year, right, 2015, was divided into two projects. Uh, so NetApp Integrated Evo Rail, where did uh, all the proof of concept automation in the background, and then we took that and, and eventually... Well, it transitioned from PowerShell to Java and did a whole bunch of other things and turned into the baseline for some other things that uh, some of those are things that Glenn has has also worked on. But uh, so that one was it was interesting, right? The, a lot of really interesting foundational automation that has actually been reused pretty significantly inside of the company for a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, I've had a number of professional services guys reach out and, you know, hey, how, how can we reuse this? How can we take this code? How can we turn it into something that we can also use? So it, it's that's been pretty rewarding. And then the other one, uh, which uh, probably the last seven months was no secret there, containers, right? Just being able to focus on that, get familiar with the technology, uh, jumping back to my roots on the Linux side of things and remembering how to write Python and Perl and Bash and How's all of those been other... for you, man? Th this big resurgence in in you know Linux skill sets and 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 people just like yes, you know you know how to do this stuff. Awesome, get over here. It's 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 almost like the OpenStack thing blew up the way that everyone hoped it would. I mean, that's what's happened with containers. I mean, I got to imagine for you personally, this has just been a blast. Yeah, it it has. It's been a lot of fun, right? Um, you know, ki kids 
you, you never stop learning, right? I'm trying to impress that upon my eight-year-old son right now. Of yeah. yeah, no, just because so he's in year-round school, right? So they have nine weeks in school, three weeks off. I'm like, no, you, just because it's three weeks off of school doesn't mean that you can just play Minecraft all day, right? You're still, you know, I'm in my 30s and I still learn something, usually multiple things new every single day. So I haven't, I hadn't used Linux uh, in probably a year and a half or two years uh since I came to NetApp and getting back into that and it's it's been a blast. So uh, I have enjoyed it. It's brought me back even further before I was a VMware administrator, I was a developer, right? And uh, so having Linux and development and all of that fall into one category and turning into something that I can now, you know, talk to the public about, that I can help other people to understand, um, you know, help uh, our customers, right, to, to well, basically, be better at whatever it is that they're trying to do is something that's been really awesome right now. Yeah, there are also two two interesting projects, you know, just to, to, to fluff you up a little bit more, just because I think you deserve that. I think last year you did some amazing work, but the yeah, feel free to laugh over are there. Are you fluffing? I am. I am. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, reliable, as expected. Um, but no, in, in, in the Evo case, right, I mean, you were basically tasked with figuring out how to take... Uh, external hardware and bolted into this converged appliance that that is meant to be deployed as an appliance, and and you and the team that worked on that, uh, Eric and and the, the devs and others uh, that participated. You know, it wasn't just you, but you were there from day one. Uh, figured out a very clever way to get around that, and and the final thing that went out the door to customers absolutely delivers on the promise of hyperconverged. You know, yeah, we add two rack U's to the total package, but the way it's managed, the way it's procured, the way that it's 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 uh, delivered, all of that complies with that ecosystem. And, and I know that couldn't have been easy. And then with the containers thing, dude, th th I just can't even, I can't keep up. And, and I'm a little bit jealous sometimes because they're moving so fast, just so unbelievably fast. As soon as somebody can think of something and be like, hey, this is a problem or you know, this is a blocker to adoption. That ecosystem just pounces. And they're just like, well, let's remove it. Get rid of the blocker. Unblock them. Let's move. Just faster, faster, faster. Um, so it's, yeah, it must it, have been a lot of fun. I'm a little jealous. It's it, it's a blast, but uh, you're right. It, that whole ecosystem is, it is incredibly fast moving. And, you know, I, I think I've told you before, I don't really watch TV. Usually it's yeah. it's on, but I sit on the couch with a laptop and I'm either writing code or I'm reading something or I'm, I'm writing something or, you know, not all of it is directly related to my day job. It's just things that I'm curious about and trying to keep up with what's happening. And it's hard. Uh, that that ecosystem, that set of uh, uh, just general products, if you want to consider that a product, is moving very, very fast. There's a lot of people who are interested in it, a lot of people who are just publishing everything that they can possibly think of to publish about it, which is great, right? It means that there's a lot of interest. It means that it's going to get better that much faster, right? We just had a hallway conversation about fail fast. And uh, it's absolutely one of those things where that's, that's holding true and it's getting better and better and better very quickly. Cool. What about you, Justin? How was your year? Pretty good. Um... I started doing this podcast thing. That was pretty awesome, getting to hang out with you guys more. Unfortunately, we, we getting, lost Pete to, to VMware, but, you you, you you like the part staying up till 3 in the morning, editing overnight that podcasts? That doesn't happen anymore. I've uh, <laughs> I've fixed that problem. It was a bug. Um, it was a little bit of attention to detail gone awry. So now I don't worry about it as much. Yeah, that's just, if it doesn't sound good, oh well. <laughs> 
Sorry, listeners. Listener surprise. <laughs> Actually, it sounded worse when I was trying to make it sound better because I was terrible at it. Yeah, for a little while there, you had this like YouTube supercut style. Um, yeah, I did. Where where like you were taking rid- down all the the blank space. Like yeah. it, it had this very frantic pace. It and did. I, I was kind of digging it. Did you? I did. You did like the frantic pace. I did. I did. Mm. But I also recognized that that's a ton of work to to edit. So it, like the, that. it wasn't so much the the blank space that was getting me. It was the ums and the natural speech ticks that everybody. Oh, and when that's you, when you edit, you hear them all. Yeah, that, that's like, that's everybody on yeah. every audio thing ever. Talk to anyone who's ever done a podcast. The first year they cut every um and ah uh out. The second year they don't care. Yeah. Yeah, but no, in. in to give you full credit, right? It was one of those sort of last minute things of, uh, hey, so we're going to have an opening here in a minute. Are you interested? And by the way, you're being volunteered to do the editing and you picked on up, picked up on it. You ran with it. And um, yes, there were some, some, as you pointed out, the self-inflicted hitches. Yes. <laughs> I honestly didn't really notice it that much, but uh, I think you've done fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. And, yeah, thank, you. Th- thank you very much for uh, picking up on and that. I appreciate you guys all bringing me into the fold here and allowing me to to do this because it's a lot of fun. Nice so. change of pace from answering name services questions. Oh, I still get to do that um, as much as I would like. So, you know. Uh, aside from that, I mean, uh, the whole blogging thing, I mean, that's that's picked up pretty well. I mean, people are actually reading it. Yeah, you've at both it. been so prolific this year. Like, you just make me feel like a, a just complete slacker. I wrote, like, three posts all year. Yeah, it's, it's basically, hey, Glenn, what did you do this year? I can't talk about it. Yeah! <laughs> yeah no, see... Have have you seen the uh, the the Disney shorts thing where uh, uh, with Frozen where Elsa has a cold and every time she sneezes like more little snowmen appear? Uh-huh. That's Justin in blog posts. Uh, totally yes. <laughs> you, I you can't say I've seen Justin's that. Justin's posted more like more things, and I'm just like, but here I am with like my one every two or three weeks. Yeah, I, I, I'm I've, I guess I'm running into the danger of like running out of things to talk about. But the thing is, is there's a lot of things to talk about, and I like to talk about a lot of different things. I mean, I do the NFS thing, I do the name services thing, but I know a lot of other stuff too. So I try to incorporate that, and I try to make it accessible for people that might not understand it. So I don't know. It's it's been pretty good. I was checking my stats, you know. And was, they turned out pretty well. As think, you do. Yeah. I think I had over like 54,000 views on the year. That's decent. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I mean, all right. So, you know. Anyway, I'm not going to plug the blog anymore because that's ridiculous. Um, uh, so, yeah, just that and uh, the day-to-day doing the insight thing and, you know, just trying to get better at what I'm doing and, you know, picking up some of the, some of the Docker stuff. I did a little bit on, you know, playing around with that. And, you know, this year I want to do a little more of that. We'll talk a little bit more about what we're doing going to do in the in the future here. Um as a company, I mean, NetApp did quite a bit this year as well. I mean, one major one major thing we did was the 8.3 release, right? I mean, that was huge. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and 8.3 in a single calendar year went through, you know, a, a very rapid uh, maturization process, if you will. You know, we had 8.3 drop, uh, introduced AFF, added in advanced disk partitioning and compression and, and all of the advancements that came in with 8.3 well, Metro Cluster. The list goes on Well, on I mean, AFF on. itself is its own beast, right? Oh, I mean, God, yeah. you could just separate that off from 8.3 because it became this thing of necessity. Yeah. Where it was like, hey, you know what? We need a Flash story that is as good or better than other Flash stories, and we delivered. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it, it, you know, and then, it, we, again, within that same calendar year, Let's go ahead and iterate it on it twice and yeah. get two more drops out same year and, and just, just keep that pedal on the ground, pinned against the firewall, 
uh, keep that thing moving as fast as humanly possible and, so that we can keep up with customers. And while we're at it, let's throw in a guarantee. And yeah. Let's give better pricing. Let's just go all out, right? And let's just go ahead and make this a thing. And I think it went pretty well, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a fun year. And it, it's interesting, you know, as, as uh, you know, listen, take it with a grain of salt. You know, this is the NetApp podcast. <laughs> yes. Of course, we'd say this. Hey, pass me some of that blue Kool-Aid over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, here Thanks. you go. Let me get it from the, uh, <laughs> the official licensed Kool-Aid cooler. Uh, but no, in all honesty, you know, there, there's 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 still some perceptions out there. You know, I was listening to some some uh, independent podcasts over the break, and you know, some people were commenting on yeah. on the the possible acquisition and some of their comments. You know, the, yep. there's some people out there that are like, well, I don't really have a flash strategy, and I'm listening to it just like raging through my ear headphones, just like, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, you only know the things you want to hear. Well, that's and the if thing. If you don't hear it, yeah. then of course we don't have it. You know, I mean, yeah. if you have to listen. Yeah, absolutely. And but in our defense, though, I think last year we stepped it up big time. Uh, we put our money where our mouth is. Absolutely. You know, not only did AFF go out the door, but so did an, uh, a spec one result against it. Stuck Lee Caswell and Val Berkovici on the road and said, you know, go yeah. get them. Absolutely. You know, and and I had completely forgot about the 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 application performance guarantee, but th- that's another one that we still don't talk about. You yeah. know, hey guys, our all flash uh, FAS guarantee. It's not about storage; it's about applications. Yep. We guarantee that your application will be three times faster when you move it to all flash FAS. That's a completely different level of guarantee. We're saying that we know the storage is going to be faster, but the storage is going to be so much faster that the end user line of business app is going to be three times faster than it currently is today. You know, that that's putting a major flag in the ground saying we believe in this product whole hog and we're ready to put it up against anything you got. I just want to touch on the Kool-Aid thing here because I was just thinking about it. You know, it, yeah, it does sound very Kool-Aid-y when we're talking about things in such flowery terms and, and you know, but the reality of it is, is if we didn't like what we were doing here, yeah. if we didn't believe in what we were doing, we wouldn't be here. And we definitely wouldn't be spending our extra time on a podcast talking about it, you know. I mean, we just wouldn't. I mean, it just that's how it is. We're not getting anything extra for doing this. We just enjoy doing this. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's that's the right way to think about it. You know, there, there's there's a uh, a certain amount of personal capital that that is put into these releases and to getting these problems solved, right? For everybody, not you know, regardless of where you sit in the organization, who you report to, and and, and how you do your job, you interact with customers somehow. You know, everybody in this company touches a customer somehow, uh, and and you're aware of a customer situation. You're aware of a deployment. You're aware of a scenario or a use case. Um, many of us were customers ourselves at the very least, and we can remember our own deployments. And it, watching this this company tackle those those challenges uh, and solve them and figure out ways to remove the pain. It's hard not to get excited about that stuff, and it's hard not to stand up and, and, you know, looking through our own lens, aware of what we're capable of, to not just stand out on the side of the street and yell, bring it. I don't care. What do you want to do? I'm not scared. Let's go. We'll go head to head. What do you want to do? Name it. You want object? Done. Flash? Done. Capacity? Done. Like, what, what is your problem? Cloud? Got it. Service providers? All over it. Like, what, what are you trying to do? Well, and I think that's the key, right, is how, what's the problem that you're trying to solve? And, oh, here's how we can help you solve that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes, you know, some of these conversations, they get so they get so lost and down in the weeds and the minutiae because that's how products differentiate themselves. You know, even with our own portfolio, trying to talk about like E-Series and, and ONTAP, you really kind of get into the weeds of 
what type of app you're deploying and what is its use case because that's how you make that decision, right? You know, so 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 when people have these conversations, they tend to to stay down at that level. But in fact, that's just because you're a pundit talking about technology and that's what it takes. It's not because customers actually need that level. It, it, no, to, to the customer, it's storage. Yeah, and it needs to go fast. Yep, that's that's the gist of it. Because I have a lot of other things I need to worry about outside of my infrastructure. Yeah, let me never have to think about the storage again. Yep. Okay, good. So let's see what else. Um, cloud. Yeah. <laughs> How did I forget cloud? Yeah, a couple couple of clouds, some cloud couple, stuff, couple of acquisitions. You know, right. Let's not forget last year was uh, the the acquisition uh, and and successful relaunch of uh, AltaVault. AltaVault. You know? Yep. Re- we we acquired uh, Steel Store, and then last year relaunched AltaVault, and that thing is just going gangbusters. By the way, if you're not, you know, if you hear us talking about something, we have episodes on a lot of these things. Like we have an AltaVault episode. We talk about you know AFF. We talk about eight three one and eight three two on a few episodes. So you know, techontappodcast.com. Go check them out if you haven't heard them yet. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, actually, just thinking back through that catalog, you know, we can go yeah. all the way through it. You know, the, 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 the last 23 episodes last year uh, are, are basically a, a laundry list of everything that we, you know, we ship SnapCenter. Hey, guys, we completely yes. re, relaunched the Snap Manager suite. You know, if you've been a NetApp customer in the past decade, you know the name Snap Manager. Guess what? Completely new version. All yep. web-based, HTML5, you know, highly distributed uh, application stack. It's wildly impressive. You know, and and continues to go strong with a, with an incredible roadmap. It wasn't just a relaunch; it was a reinvention. Ah, yeah, good call. You know, I mean, yeah, we totally. it just rearchitected. We listened to what customers were saying. They were saying, you know, why do I have to keep going to all these different places just to manage my backups and restores? Oh, that's a good that's a good point. Let's go ahead and change that for you. And we did. You know, this is in my own little world. You know, in the FlexPod world, you know, FlexPod continues to just go absolute gangbusters. You know, on 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 the team, it's it's kind of funny. We just we sit down and we we focus on architecture. You know, that we don't really talk about. Kind of sells itself. It does. It's weird. Yeah. Like we just look at our roadmap and we look at Cisco's roadmap and we look at Microsoft's roadmap and VMware's roadmap and we we, we build architectures that we think customers are going to need to deploy, or or architectures that we think customers are going to deploy in mass. Uh, again, see previous comments about FlexPod removes risk. Uh, not, and, and, and thus accelerates to time to value. And in that world, you're just focused on the next one. So, like, we'll knock out, you know, an architecture every every four to eight weeks, depending on the, s- the scope. Uh, they'll, they'll just be coming out the door. And we used to announce them all that I'd come on here every week. And be- For a while, it was a joke between Nick and I. I just wanted to see how many weeks he would let me g- come on here and announce, like, the, the latest FlexPod thing we had coming out, because it was every single week. Um but but you just release them and then you know a year and a half later you run into a customer and he's like yeah I've been running it it's great we love it we're looking to upgrade we're gonna we're gonna deploy UCS Mini down the street and and all that validation comes in but but it's delayed you know you do the work and then years later you find those people well that's because they don't really break that much because you've got this solution in a box that's yeah, it's, configured the way it's supposed to be it's infrastructure and it's just there you yeah. set it forget it how many times do you see an electric company have to go touch a substation. You know, it's called infrastructure for a reason. It's it's supposed to last when it's put in. Yeah, and that's that's the beauty of the converged platform, right? Yeah. Well, on the other side of that, and what I usually tell customers is, you know, so starting from the beginning, before I came to NetApp, I was a customer, right? My title was architect. Yep. But in reality, you're only an architect for 
what, six months out of whatever your cycle is. You know, if we had a three-year cycle, so six months out of every three years, I was an architect. The rest of the time, I was a maintainer, whereas FlexPod guys are doing it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, right? There's constant right knowledge upkeep. There's constant iteration, constant improvement on those architectures as opposed to every you know three years having a leap forward. So it's one of those from a knowledge base set, stand on the shoulders of shoulders of giants right you don't have to go back and relearn everything every couple of years well there's and and there's there's actually a lot coming in the program you know we've we've been we've been listening you know our customers have told us you know wh where some of the gaps are and and what some things that they would like to see improved you know they want to see slightly better tooling uh, they want to see uh, slightly easier life cycle upgrades and, and updates that sort of stuff you know they they uh, they, they want to see b easier uh, acquisition and stand up you know, we showed some of that stuff both at Cisco Live as well as uh, inside EMEA um, in, in our FlexPod auto provisioning solution, which is one of those things I worked on uh, that isn't totally out yet, but is very, very close and does leverage some of the stuff that Sully touched on. Um, you know, the, the, we're, we're expanding that program. We're moving that bar. You know, Gart Gartner has their definitions for, for converged infrastructure, integrated infrastructure, and they slice the market the way they slice it. That's not how we slice it. We slice it based on what customers need. You know, we build what customers need. And if there's, there's a need out there, we build it. It's that simple. You know, can you show me an account team that has a consistent problem that can be solved by scale? Is this something where I can build a CI solution and remove all the problem sets? All right, fine, green, let's go build it. You know, one off for this one guy, that's not really what we do. That's what professional services does, right? So going circling back around the cloud thing, when we had... You know, NetApp private storage, cloud on tap, integration with AWS. Um, we also got involved in a lot of the open source arena, like OpenStack and yeah. the containers, of course, like Andrew was talking about. Well, to be fair, we've been involved in OpenStack well, for a while. Well, more involved, right? We, yeah. we, we've become more of a charter. We've, be, we've gotten, w recently we announced something. I forget what it was. What was it? That Manila. We no, not Manila. We announced something about oh. OpenStack, our participation in it. I forget. The last release, uh, we were the most active contributor inside the storage driver stack. So inside Cinder, Manila, and Swift, you know, we, we had more to, 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 to ha add inside that community than any other storage vendor. You know, it's any it, other uh, storage vendor that was a paid for storage storage vendor, right? Like not like open yeah, open source I mean, storage vendors. They had a little more contribution, but we were number one in terms of. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of want to be careful, like because. On the one hand, absolutely. Like, d just just look at the facts; they speak for themselves. You know, any questions about our commitment to OpenStack should be should be answered by the fact that you know just go check the change log. <laughs> Literally, just go check the change log. Where are the commits coming from? Because that's how you judge you know uh, uh, commitment to OpenStack. I don't care about your sponsorship or how many people you put on a board. Are you putting developers against the code base? That's the only thing that matters inside that world. Everything else is marketing fluff, right? And, and we put our money where our mouth is. Now, on the same note, you know, you take a look at what some of those guys are doing, you know, bring in the equivalent of uh, uh, vMotion inside that stack and, and actually morphing it to where it's appropriate for pets usage. Like, that's kind of way more impressive to me in some ways. Um, we're, we are absolutely committed in, in kicking butt and taking names, but that community is also pretty committed too. So I don't, I'm a little nervous to to do too much of a victory lap there, just because it's such a big pond. You know what I mean, Andrew? Oh yeah, uh, there's there's lots of interesting stuff that's going on there, right? Um, 
I, I am on their distro list. I do see a lot of the the so-called sausage inside of that group, and uh, it's going to be the next couple of OpenStack summits are going to be really, really interesting. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff that's happening. I think you could say that across the board, though. Like, I mean, Justin, we were kind of getting into this with the discussion on cloud, but, you know, you just take a look at... Go back two years ago. Two years ago, George Curry gets up and announces this thing he that, that he calls the data fabric and this vision that he has for a more interconnected world where architectures don't don't suffer from, from data mass issues as much as they do today. Two years later, you know, we're shipping it all over the place. And it's been productized. And doing some really awesome demos of actual working yeah, code yeah. right it's not just it's not just a demo it's actual working code but you know at insight of moving data between clouds moving data between on and off premise and without even having to thinking about it literally drag and drop it like 2015 was the year of the data fabric right i mean it's the year where everybody started to get it i think yeah it, it was the year that i stopped in a lot of ways caring about cloud you know, because uh, the, the realization that I came to last year uh, is that it doesn't really matter who wins. Amazon, Azure, Google, OpenStack, service providers, private cloud, it doesn't matter. As long as the configuration information is the same and the data isn't locked into that vendor, who cares? Yep, the you know, data the, matters. Yeah. Like, the, the, these are hosting decisions. This is like, you know, debating whether I should get my gas from one gas station or another. Like, that, that is a situation that changes over time. It's not a one-and-done thing where you, you make one decision and then you don't ever have to evaluate it again. You know, it, 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 the, these architectures and these decisions of where should I deploy this application, honestly, is something that should be continuously assessed over and over and over again. Does it still make the most sense for me to run it here? Do I even need it anymore? Can I decommission it completely? Or do I need to, to, to scale it out and advance it, blow it out, make it much bigger, or shrink it back down, make it smaller, right? Um, and, and, and once you kind of wrap your head around that, or at least for me personally, once I wrapped my head around that and started approaching problems from a uh, not what is the correct answer, but how do I ensure that it doesn't matter what the answer is? That's the better way of looking at it. If you, make, if you can build a solution where it doesn't matter what the actual answer is, you'll always be able to say, yeah, we can do that, then you're fine. You don't have to predict the future. You can just out-iterate it. You can let it happen, read, react, adjust, and, and you'll be fine. You know, it's just about keeping your OODA loop inside the other guys. Being a data facilitator. Yeah. Or at least that's the way that I'm starting to think about yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, like I said, you know, Andrew mentioned the demos. That's where it really started to click for people, I think. They saw it in real time. They saw it actually happening, and they saw how easy it was going to be. That we were delivering on this, you know, head in the clouds, so to speak, promise of being able to move your data anywhere, anytime, at a click of a button. You know, the, the, this is probably a good opportunity. Uh, we, we should go ahead and cut in a conversation that I had. Uh, in Insight US uh, it, it, this past year, I had the, ple the pleasure of sitting down with my old uh, cube neighbor, Kelly Hemphill, uh, and Adam Berg from the NetApp A team. Uh, and we talked specifically about hybrid cloud. You know, wh wh what, what, what are some of the advancements uh, and what are some of the challenges? What are the inhibitors and, and where are people seeing success? Uh, somehow this thing got lost on a thumb drive and we found it over the break. Uh, so let's go ahead and drop that in and let the listeners. I don't want to tell listen. you where I found the thumb drive. Okay, we don't have to tell them. <laughs> Just hit play. Okay. 
Joining us now on the Tech on Tap podcast, uh, NetApp's own Kelly Hemphill, enterprise architect. Kelly. Hi, how you doing? Good to see you, Glenn. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Kelly, Kelly, can you give us a brief introduction for what you do here at NetApp for the listeners at home? Sure, absolutely. I, I, I'm on a team of really great guys, and uh, most of us are ex-operations managers, ex-CIOs, uh, and the like. Um, our focus is applied technology, and it's really about helping our clients understand the people, process, and technology changes that need to happen for them to take advantage of the new technical capabilities and things like data fabric. And then next to Kelly, of course, we've got the A-Team's own rock star, one of the OG A-Team, Adam Berg. Adam, how you doing? Oh man, I'm doing great. We're at Insight 2015. It's the highlight of my year. Uh, Kelly and Adam just joined us here on the Tech on Tap live stage. We had a really uh, engaging conversation about hybrid cloud. Uh, that one was a little long. The video's out there on the internet if you guys want to go check the full scoop and, and, and see three faces made for radio. But <laughs> for the listeners at home, uh, let's, let's kind of walk back through there because there was a lot of uh, really interesting information about the practicality of building hybrid. Right. So let's just dive right into it. You know, hybrid's a thing. It is the future. It must be, you know, if you want to, if if you want to exceed and find that next level of innovation in operations, this is where businesses need to move. Right. And you both are on the tip of the sword. This is what you're doing right now. Right. So, so give us an idea for the listeners at home. How do we actually execute on this vision? Yeah. So let me let me just start, if I could, with with three key things. Okay. So the first thing is you have to understand your workloads and the business relevance of those workloads because. Placement done wrong is expensive and disruptive. So understanding that risk is what's going to allow you to understand what you're going to do with that data, what the low-hanging fruit is versus what the things are that are going to be a little slower. And it'll also help you understand what the modality of delivery is going to be, hybrid, external cloud. But more importantly, it also allows you to differentiate which pieces you're going to move. Okay. What are you going to do with your storage? Is that going to go hybrid? Is that going to go in-house? Is it going to go uh, outside? Uh, compute because the new model, which, which Adam speaks about so eloquently, is really all about this, this ability to do the right thing in the right place. So item number one is getting your risk and understanding your data's value and its regulations and requirements. Item number two is really important. We've got to change the processes and harden them and get them aligned to this new way of operating because we need to automate them to get the speed, the agility, and the value. And then the third piece is we need to understand life cycle. So data has a different value and different risk profile and different needs over mm. time. So those are kind of the three things that we start talking with with our customers to try and help them find their way down that journey. Yeah, I mean, when we're out there, we start having these cloud conversations. You start, uh, you start talking to these customers who feel like they have to move all of their data to the cloud. And that's what they feel the cloud is. So what we, what we have to educate them on is what the hybrid cloud is. Yeah. Which workloads make right. sense in the cloud. What is the mobility that we need um, with that data? How do we bring it back and forth? How does that data become fluid for your company? How do we move that data in and back when we need it? Or um, if it's going to just stay in the cloud as a long-term data retention, it's going to be something like disaster recovery. Um, it's, it's really all about understanding their business before we can start talking about what's available to them and what the, what the solutions are for them. Yeah, one of the key things that he said is something that's really hard to get folks to focus in on. He talked about mobility, not portability. Yes. Right? Mobility is something that you do that's based on your plan, that's based on understanding. Portability is what you have in your back pocket in case you make a mistake. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, 
And just to, just to put it in simple terms, so when we're sitting down and working on service designs and, and life cycle designs and, and the, the architectures and the engineering designs that go under those, we're really talking about increasingly how do we need to think about the life cycle aspect and the mobility elements of that life cycle, whether it's the application life cycle for development or whether it's the life cycle of the data living over time. Outstanding. Adam, how do you take that concept and, and, and help customers pick that up and actually realize these benefits? It, you know, rubber meets the road, it's time to go. You know, Ke Kelly's team's come in, they've done their assessment, we have an implementation plan, we've categorized the various different types of data that exist, we understand the, the various different types of tiers and, and we've got an approach around how we're going to, to manage that. How do you take that next step and, and, and push them over across really, that finish line? It's really about NetApp's data fabric. And this is really the solution that nobody else has a story for and has it ready to go today. So the data fabric makes it all possible. Okay. That's cloud on tap. That's NetApp private storage. It's, it's a combination of all of that. Sometimes cloud on tap makes perfect sense for your workloads. I can move my data back and forth. Sometimes I want NetApp private storage. I want to diversify my cloud offerings. And we can show them how easy this is to do, how easy it is to implement, and how fast and how agile their businesses can become with the NetApp data fabric. And to Adam's point, most clients simply don't know that we've made it that easy. So if you yes. understand what you need to do, that's the what and the why, yeah. then you can take the what and the how and tie them together and show them the pathway. And we design, when we're talking about platform designs or service designs, we're designing to the needs of the business with the understanding that the data fabric has already enabled us to accomplish certain mm, things. Right. Without having okay. that before, we had to look much more narrowly at how we did our architectural designs and, and the specifications at the conceptual and logical level. I think you hit on something that's so crucial that, you, that we didn't have that before. Everything was custom. That's right. Everything had to be uh, looked at in a different way depending on what that data was, um, what the application was, what did they need to do, what were the regulatory compliances around that data. And now we have the data fabric. It already has that agility and that solution ready to go that we can, that, that we know it's, it's going to be a fit for most everyone. And when you tie that together with, with service designs that have been properly rationalized. We, we actually had one client that had 35,000 certified engineering designs for their customers to choose from. That was their catalog. Is that, yeah. Um, 35,000? Yeah, yeah, how, how do you even browse through that? Well, that's exactly what the CIO of one of their business decision, or <laughs> division said. He said, what am I supposed to do? That? It came in three volumes. What am I supposed <laughs> to do with this, right? So when, when, you're, when you simplify that to the yeah. typical four to eight, sometimes as many as 12 design elements, then you're taking complexity out of things. You're taking it down to what it needs to be. You measure the workloads, you get the designs right. Once you understand that, placing those workloads based on their requirements to the right platform, scaling those to the right side, and then moving them into the right element of the data fabric becomes so clear to folks. It really does. And we have never been at a place in the history of IT, and I should know I'm old. In the history of IT, not quite that old, um, that, that we've had this kind of, of ability to bring simplicity and drive cost and disruption 
and, and other things out of the organization and drive, that, drive the speed and agility Adam's talking about in. Yeah, and what, what I think what people don't realize is that this is all native tools that are built into ONTAP that moves their data into the cloud. Snap here, Snap Vault, they already know how easy this is. And once you say that this is, what we're, this is how we're moving your data around, with Snap Vault maintains your snapshots, maintains your deduplication, maintains your correct, yes. your, your yes. It maintains the security around your data. It's already there. <laughs> That's the, that, I mean, the light bulbs go off and everyone now has a full fundamental understanding of what we're actually doing and they say, yes, I, I get that. The and real, it, I'm sorry. Yeah, and it resonates. It, it the, really the real genius yeah. of our engineers yeah. was that they didn't try to create something new. Mm. They took what we had took the fundamental architecture, facility, and capability of it, and then generalized it to the operating modality of cloud and, and hybrid cloud. Yeah. And then they simply extended those as necessary. So it's very familiar once you understand and once you've got a design. And, and that kind of simple, direct approach and that kind of well-formed infrastructure and architecture that we built into ONTAP and all the tools that we have was, was an absolute stroke of genius to apply that way by engineering. Don't tell them I said that. Okay, <laughs> I don't think they listen. We may be good. So, you know, it can't be all this rosy, right? I mean, listening to this conversation, it makes you kind of take a step back and go, how is this not installed everywhere yet? Yeah, So, yeah. So where, where, what are some of the challenges? What are, what are some of the risks? What are, what are some of the things that, that really make this just a little, uh, still a little too complex for some? Or are yeah. those challenges, do those exist? Uh, they do. Okay. They do. Uh, and, and I kind of think of them in the, in the following way. The first one is people do what they know. Mm. So they tend to be focused on the rear view mirror, not the windshield, okay? So that's a big problem. That's an obstacle to overcome getting somebody to think about things in a different way yeah. without an inflection point, we usually call that pain and disruption, without an inflection point is, is difficult. So that's, that's an obstacle. If everything seems rosy the way you're doing it, you're not going to change anything. Uh, the second is people in process. We've spent an awful lot of time with very, very talented professionals yeah. that are very, very heavy duty trained specialists. And so those guys like to do special things all the time. And so we have this huge amount of complexity that exists in the environment, and folks don't understand it well. So getting them to understand, guys, you can take some generalized elements and take that complexity and variability out is another key one. And then the third is process, pure and simple. Most people's processes are a guy with a big S on his shirt and typically red boots, and you know what I'm referring to yeah. as Superman, right? <laughs> yep. And so that's how they run their stuff. Yeah. So to get them to think about it differently, that's a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really a different model that they're not used to. And you touched on it very, very eloquently that we're doing things one way and we've been doing it one way and it's working for us. What can we do better? How does the cloud fit into our strategy? And uh, that it's not an all or nothing approach and it's very easy. That's what people need to realize. When we start talking about the data fabric, we're not talking about fundamentally changing their businesses. If they're already a NetApp, NetApp customer, they have the tools right now to be able to move their data in and out of the cloud. And this is disruptive technology that's empowering and enabling. You yes. don't necessarily have to retool your people. And this is a huge, huge factor. Yeah. Yes. If you look at, at infrastructure changes over time, every time something big, bad, new came along, um, we, we went from mainframes to the concept of departmental computing. Huge disruption. We went from TSO, vSAM, CMS, 
And then we turned around and went to Linux and Unix and big change, big retooling, big yeah. reschooling, right? This is as big a change as an enabler, but it doesn't come with that price tag. Interesting. I never thought about that, but you're so right. If you look in the rear view and you actually consider history, every other time there's been a massive swing, it has, there's been blood in the water. People were impacted. It was a massive, massive swing. And if you bet wrong, you were caught out in the cold. Right. And, and I, I hadn't thought about that, but we don't, that's not going on now. No. You can, in place, make this transition. Just if, if all you need are the people to be willing to try the business to be to be willing to, to take those those uh, chances because it is a new process. It's a new thing. You are taking risk. You know, mistakes can happen, and then to to modify those processes to adopt to to that new model. Yeah, one of the cool things is, um, you know, typically in my career, which which has been a number of years, as we said a moment ago. Yeah. Uh, typically in my career, when somebody came up with a new architecture, we all rolled our eyes and went, "Oh no!" Right because they set expectations that were going to be darn near impossible for us mm. to meet yeah. in any kind of reasonable term. We think of the Gartner adoption curve, right? This concept of cloud and hybrid cloud has been a different trajectory than what has traditionally gone on. Now, it's hitting the places where it's easiest first, but because of the way this goes, it, it really has the ability to, to just accelerate the heck out of that curve for adoption. And what we're seeing is, this is the first time in my career that I can say I'm glad that architecture got out there up front and fast because it's driving people to do something that's simple and yields really positive results for them. Yeah. When people hear this architecture, they think it's something that's still far off in the future. They don't yeah. realize that when NetApp announced this thing called the data, data fabric, it was ready. It was ready yeah. on day one. It wasn't something that, yeah, this is what we're, this is what we're working on. This is something that we're going to start implementing maybe next year, two years, three years down the road. It was something that was ready to go because it was based around 20 years of engineering experience that went into ONTAP. Right. And it's really all about ONTAP and what ONTAP has always been capable of extended to the cloud. Well, and moving forward, you know, the, the extended family. There's so many cool things we can do with the data fabric that we haven't even got to yeah. yet. We haven't yeah. talked it, about that, storage right. grid web, web yes. scale. We haven't talked about AltaVault. Right. All the other products that NetApp is integrating into the data fabrics. Yeah, it isn't all about ONTAP, but that's what we're really, that's what really the heart of the, uh, the Yeah, data absolutely. That, that's the 80% swing yeah. for the existing infrastructure, making that transition in, into this next generation deployment model, you know, that, that in-place transition ONTAP is the vehicle that's doing that. Uh, my, my point was just that, you know, we're, the three of us are sitting here jazzed up about this one little piece, and we haven't even really told the rest of the world about right. the rest of it. That's right. Like, th this portfolio is so extensive and, and so holistic that I really do, th this isn't talk. We really are, we're ready, let's go. Bring yeah. us your workload. We can do this right now. I had an interesting conversation with a, an enterprise architect for a Fortune 100 company about two months ago. And in the conversation he said, I'm really focused on what we're going to do on our converged infrastructure designs. And I asked him a simple question, what's, your, what's cloud's implications and, and position within your converged infrastructure design? And he stopped and he looked at me and he said, I hadn't even thought about that. And I said, it's an issue of extensibility, yeah. right? And, and so these are, these are things that are just simply, they're not really hard concepts. 
but but thinking about well okay so my storage is going to be here my compute's going to be there the compute's in the top of the rack and the storage is in the bottom of the rack we've just dislocated the the geography if you will of that and and allowed for extensions and that extensibility needs to be reviewed in every design that people are putting together and it goes back to the conversation where we started outstanding well, guys, I mean, I guess, I guess that kind of brings us full circle on this, right? We've done a, we've done a, a baseline of how we actually are realizing a hybrid cloud and the NetApp data fabric today, uh, both from the enterprise architect uh, viewpoint, where, where Kelly is out there in the field making this re real, and, and from also from the partner viewpoint, where Adam's on the tip of the spear, uh, where the customer meets, meets the implementation. We talked a little bit about uh, some of the, the changes and challenges that occur inside uh, these transitions as organizations uh, attempt to make this, 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 this pivot, uh, and, and we touched a little bit on some of the challenges and considerations kind of moving forward. Right. I'd like to thank you both for the time today. I know you're terribly busy here at Insight uh, this week, but uh, it was a great pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for letting us bring your experience and, and expertise out there to the masses. And both of you consider yourself always invited to come on the show. Uh, all you got to do is let me know. We'll let you on any day of the week. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Glenn. All righty. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, cool. That was some good stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I I thought it was interesting. You know, Kelly is 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 brilliant. Uh, I call him, you know, my 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 th the source of the day. He comes in, gets on the phone, and I learn a word. <laughs> That's typically <laughs> how it goes. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that I love being on this team, and particularly doing this podcast. You know, having access to those people, being able to to just grab them and be like, hey, hey, dude, I got a question. What do you think about hybrid cloud? And 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 letting him share his views based on uh, what he sees in the real world. Uh, having having uh, uh, Adam come in and, and bring his uh, industry presence as an implementer in the real world. You know, a guy who doesn't work for NetApp is a partner. He just, he, he comes across our gear a lot uh, because that's what he uses to solve customer problems. And to get his view on, on that, you know, I, I just find it incredibly valuable. Yeah, I to kind of echo that sentiment, right? The A-team to me has been an incredibly valuable resource. You know, yes, I was a customer before I came to NetApp, but that was over two years ago. So you, you kind of start to not forget what it's like, but things are constantly in motion. And being in touch with those guys, seeing the things that they're constantly dealing with, getting their feedback, uh, it, it's it's been tremendously helpful, and that's an amazing group of guys. Right? Yeah. So the and gals. Yeah, so the NetApp A-Team, that's another good point. So that, you know, 2015 could also be the year of the A-Team because that's really where we started to pick up the steam of the overall effort of that group. Sam Moulton runs that's the fair. NetApp A-Team. Yeah. Um, before this year, I mean, it wasn't they weren't really on the radar. I mean, they were there, but they were just starting to pick up some steam. Now, you know, they've grown to a, a decent number of people. Uh, they've got a good representation. They've got a good social media presence. And they're starting to get more traction in what they're trying to do with NetApp Net Advocacy. Yeah, they're, uh, they, they've established that footprint both internally and externally. Uh, and, and in a lot of ways, I actually think the internal footprint is way more important. Like, people inside this company know who the NetApp A team are. Yeah, now they do. This yeah. year. I mean, it just before they were like, well, who's, who's this? Yeah. But if you knew some of the conversations that happened internally and some of the things that got fixed because of the NetApp A team, yeah. you'd understand the value of this organization. Yeah, feedback loops, man. Like if, if if you're if you're a customer or a partner or a competitor, I don't care who you are. If you're if you're in any kind of industry in 2016, 
and you don't have a valid feedback loop to people who actually are using your product, you are doing it wrong. And, you know, the way they get treated is if they, you know, we have little ball peen hammers, you know, whereas TMEs, we can, yeah. we can tinker away, you know, okay, you're listening to me great, you're, in a, you're, you're laughing, but okay, take me seriously. I yell at these people nine meetings a day, seven right. days a week. They're right. sick of hearing me. The A-team comes in, they're partners or customers, yeah. with the sledgehammer. Yo, yeah. Oh, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We will totally take you seriously, which is awesome for us yeah. because we could say, see, I told you. This is the way it has to be. Well, except when it turns out you were wrong. <laughs> that's a double-edged sword. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, that that's also valuable. Being yeah, wrong is absolutely, valuable. Absolutely, yeah. Got a, a, a million percent agree. You know, it's 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 just the it's the validation. That's the thing. You know, for personally, I think it's the validation. It's 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 why people put opinions on the internet. It's why you send tweets out. It's why you write blog posts. It's it's here's an, an idea that I have in my head. Does anyone else think that there's any validity to this, or am I just crazy? Uh, and 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 you get enough people going, yeah, that that might work, or totally going to work, or never going to work. And and you could start to you know throw that bellwinger up there and bellwinger. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, is it a humdinger? Yeah, it's a humdinger. Yeah. Yeah, throw your finger up in the air and, and see which it? way it's going, and and see whether or not you know it's 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 something that that's worth trying, you know. Because again, see Sully's previous conversation about fail fast, you know. Ultimately, and that's really what this whole DevOps thing and and CI/CD and all this stuff is about. It's just learning as an industry how to fail faster and try more, because what I think has happened is everyone has woken up very recently and realized there is no such thing as predicting the future, and to attempt to do so is folly. And the only thing that is successful is Semper Gumby. Always flexible and be able to just outmaneuver the other guy. You know, so, so that's what you got to optimize for. How are you going to be flexible? How are you going to maintain quality? How are you going to be responsive? How are you going to be able to move when, when your customers need you to move? And, and that's true for everybody, whether you're in the infrastructure business or the SaaS business or you're Amazon or Microsoft. It doesn't matter who you are. We all have the same conditions. So welcome to 2016, guys. How you doing? Pretty good. It's a good, good start so far. Um, work week's been pretty good. I've only written 2015 on every piece of paper wrong so far. What, so. what are you writing 2015 on? I write dates on things. So my, my, my oldest daughter, the one that just turned five, we were registering her for kindergarten. So lots of paperwork to fill out, oh, despite yeah. being 2016. <laughs> you mean there's no online forms for registering your child to kindergarten? No, no, there is not. And you actually, you have to show up in person and you have to stand in line. And it's a surprisingly inefficient process. So the public schools have not found the cloud yet? No. Probably not. I have no idea about that or if it's just a... Yeah. So 2016, what do we see coming ahead for us and for NetApp? We'll start with what we're going to be doing individually in 2016. So, Glenn, you talked about you were working on things this past year that you can't talk about, but I'm guessing that in 2016 there will be lots of things you can talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the pro my big project that I'm working on right now, uh, the thing that is consuming all of my time, uh, it, it is something that I'll be able to talk about here in uh, a little bit. Um, and and like, that's going to be a lot of fun. Like in a few minutes, like right now? No, not. No. I, it, can actually, you, can I, you even hint around about it? Can yeah, you, absolutely. Generics, uh, generalities. Let's go with generalities. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm a FlexPod guy. Um, 
and and I'm working on I'm also the Microsoft guy and I do a lot of stuff with Go Azure on. solutions. Go on. Particularly the Windows Azure. What is Azure? In Azure Stack. What is that? The Azure Pack Stack. Yeah, the Azure Pack Stack. Uh no, so we're, I'm 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 working on a solution uh for service providers uh that ah. that utilizes Basically takes this whole concept of data fabric and makes it turnkey. So an SP wants to come in and uh, be able to leverage advanced data services, not just uh, as dumb infrastructure, but as a monetizable service that they can then charge their tenants for, thus the infrastructure paying for itself. The data fabric easy button. Yeah, data fabric easy button is, is one way to think about it. But, uh, you know, again, my skill set, Microsoft related uh, and and. It's not that I can't talk about it. It's just you know. Will there be solutions involved? No, no. Th- this won't be a solution. This will be a thing that uh, if you're a service provider, you should reach out and talk to us, and and we can start showing and talking to you. Uh, if you're an enterprise customer, you may find it entertaining, and perhaps you know we'll be able to to tear some of this technology off to the enterprise. But it is developed for SPs. Awesome. Anything else you got going on? Ah, just my laundry list of like PowerShell stuff that that I always want to do. You know, I I always have a list of uh, code or or automation related projects and tasks. You know, right now I'm trying to get some of Sully's time. I need him to be a web developer again. I need someone to code up the UI endpoints for some stuff that I want to do with microservices and Windows Server 2016 containers. But uh, you know, that it, it's going to be an exciting time. You know, the last year was was kind of up in this uproar you know it was was like all flash and then all cloud and everything and i i think we ended in a place of rationality of well it's not all of anything so everybody shut up about like this one thing's going to kill everything that's not going to happen everything's going to live everything's going to be here it's just going to be this reshuffling while we learn what's best at what uh and and i'm looking forward to going through that year and 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 learning those lessons with with our customers Sully, what do you got going on for 2016? Um, you know, my philosophy has always been I am happy to work at whatever the company deems most valuable for my time. If that's mopping floors, I will mop the floors like nobody's business. Um, but that being said, uh, for the foreseeable future, right, containers, automation, uh, all of those other great things, I've, I've found myself doing uh, a lot more in the DevOps and developer relations type realms as so of you're recently. Gonna... So you're going to go learn about AppleScript? I have an Android phone. That would be just, I would just feel dirty. Like I've been contaminated by that, that ecosystem. Come to the dark side of Apple. I know, as I'm sitting next to, you know, the, the podcast Mac. and yes. looking, looking at. Well, let me check my his, iPhone here. Yeah, looking at you two with your iPhones and, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. the only I'm the only uh, holdout. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, Glenn, I know Glenn's Apple, too. The Windows guy is an Apple guy. Not by choice. Do you know yeah. how often I hear yeah, him seriously. complain about how it's not a Windows phone? Yeah, in all honesty, like if I had if I had my choice in this manner, I'd be rocking a Windows phone right now. That is the best phone OS in market, bar none, hard stop, not open for debate. The app ecosystem is not up to stuff. Does it come with a control alt delete key? Does not have a control alt delete key. That would key. be awesome. No, but you know what it does have? It has it has a dedicated button for taking a picture. It has a dedicated button for going back, which oh my god, like heaven forbid you have the ability to go back where you just were and not just go back home and start over from scratch. Like <laughs> it, I, I know you're already familiar with Android and its back button. Yeah, but it's even worse because that so what the Windows Phone does is it, it's it's like a browser history. 
And we're, by the way, we are way off the tracks now, but I don't <laughs> care. Off the rails. Yeah, we're just going to start 2016 in a ditch. We'll save it later. <laughs> but the, the uh, Windows Phone, it, it keeps a browser history of everything you did. And you could just sit there and hit the back button. And if, if you had your phone and you went from mail to contacts to uh, Internet Explorer to your text messages, and I'm like, oh, I was in my email, I just hit back three times. And it'll go from, you know, it, it doesn't just jump in an app. It goes for in between apps to exactly the page you were on and that's something android doesn't do it's it that back button only works within the app so it's it's misleading there are times when you hit that back button in android and it doesn't go where you think it does yeah see my my whole issue with windows phone because i think it's a great platform particularly yeah. for work email calendar right all that's that the greatest stuff. thing to work yeah. on yeah yeah we have we have exchange it integrates with exchange yeah. better than anything else out there that being said live tiles they're too distracting to me, oh, and, no, and I know it's an it's an attention span thing for me. So, uh, like Windows all eight, eight one, ten, right? The first thing I do is turn off all the live tiles. I, you know what? Uh, there is somebody on my team that is going through and installing that stupid like uh, starts shell uh, oh, yeah. on all the the Windows twenty twelve jump hosts that that we have because we haven't updated some of them to twenty twelve R two and they don't have a start button. And I want to find that guy and just. Just hug them. Yeah. <laughs> way too hard. Just, I'm so sorry. It's just like, what is with you in this Windows 95 menu? Get over it. It's gone. Get used to the new interface. Yeah. Uh, see, that never bothered me because I always uh, type to search anyways. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, me too. So hit the start button and start typing what I yeah. want and hit enter. I always hit Windows R to go to run or Windows E to go to explore or whatever. I just use the Windows key constantly. So. Yeah. The, the less I have to use a mouse, the better. And do you use the mouse button too, the right-click mouse button? Sometimes, yeah. Especially in terminal services sessions where like they start yes. to go wonky. Yeah. There's a lot of like tab, right mouse button, alt menu. Down. <laughs> oh, this is excruciating. All right, so um, as far as what I'm going to be doing, I know you asked. Everybody's very curious. Um, I'm going to be doing more of the same. I thought NFS this. is dead or something. You know, no, it's definitely not dead. Um, it's it, the the thing is, is it's something that just works being renamed in, into into sifs right yeah it's yeah they're actually gonna merge them and it's become frank and naz okay yeah. i'm looking forward to frank and naz 1.0 yeah it's gonna our, totally our be. pnfs smb3 multi-channel that's right cross-platform the, naz which will somehow all be based on s3 <laughs> yes <laughs> it'll all point back to an object store yes Anyway, um, but yeah, so I mean, I'll be doing more of the NFS stuff. Uh, I'll be doing more of the name service stuff, but I'll also be doing a little more with the A team stuff. Um, mm. A team is going to have uh, an announcement, so to speak, probably within the next few months. Um, so, you know, NetApp A team, of course. Uh, so, we're going to be doing a little bit more with that and trying to get more involved and more publicity in terms of getting people to, to be integrated with the, the A-team and understand what it is and maybe grow out the ranks a little bit. So are you going to have the Mr. T haircut when this happens? Yes. Because I want I want to see that happen. And you're going to have to knock me out to put me on a plane. Yeah, you don't need the haircut, but all the gold chains necessary. Uh, all of them. I, I pity the fool. Yeah, th- there you go. Getting <laughs> character. Just get used to it. Absolutely. Um, also in 2016, conferences. I mean, there's going to be VMworld again. Uh, there'll be Insight, of course. And there will be Insight. Do we have the, the schedule on that already, right? 
I, you guys remember off the top of your head, like end of September for for Vegas? It is it is out. Uh, I believe it got moved up. It is now the end of September as opposed to mid October. Right. So there's only I believe two weeks now between VMworld and Insight, if I'm remembering correctly. Maybe then, three weeks. And then November, like mid November ish for EMEA, right? No, we just got through with 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 no stop. I don't want to plan for insights right now. Did you submit your Do paper? Yet? I was going to say uh, re- <laughs> call for papers. Yeah, call for papers opens up in the next week or two. It so. does. It does. So yeah, uh, absolutely. Anybody who's out there who's interested in doing uh, insight presentation, right. call for papers will be opening yep. shortly. Opening up. Get your ideas ready. Man, twenty sixteen has just come in like a force. Yeah, it's, like, it's rocked me like a hurricane. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Yeah. Um, right. So, uh, have, so have we have we rambled our way through an entire episode? Oh, uh, we more than yeah, rambled. We got like this is like full episode. Yeah, essentially, uh, we're gonna have, we're gonna have one interview. Yeah, the one that you mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> Kelly Hempel. And, it's uh, a good Adam interview. Burke. It is. I, I know. Yeah. It's just we were thinking we're going we we're going to tack on a few more, but maybe we'll do that another time. Yeah, it, it's going to be an exciting year, uh, listeners. Uh, the podcast, uh, it's going to be what it is. You know, it. I don't think uh, we're, we're we're looking for any major structural changes. Uh, the time is uh, kind of where we, we like it. Uh, the 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 variety and the guest selection. I feel uh, we're, we're we're hitting across the board. Uh, if you disagree, let us know. Yes, please. If yeah. you have suggestions, if you have uh, opinions, if you have thoughts, we are more than happy to. Uh, Receive them, entertain them, and, uh, you know... Mostly ignore them. Oh, I wasn't going to say that publicly. <laughs> no, There's I, only the one, and it's only because I legitimately can't find someone willing to come on and explain Waffle in, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, so, uh, speaking the, the, of which, that's a good the thing The answer's to always, on. like, I can do it in two, three-hour podcasts, or, like, no. <laughs> yeah, so that's a really good thing to touch on. We did have a request, and it's been probably two months ago now, where yeah. somebody asked, and, and it's a NetApp employee out of the uh, APAC region, saying, you know, hey, it'd be really great if we could get some really good in-depth technical content on Waffle. We agree. Now we just have to find somebody who can, you know, concisely explain all of that. Because, funny enough, if you look on uh, on the internal engineering website, the brewery, there's literally, like, weeks worth of videos yeah. explaining how all this stuff works. So internally, of course, you can find a lot of good information, but explaining it concisely, explaining it in a and accurately, really more importantly, well, accurately. Well, but but here's the other thing, and this is what I've personally been struggling with, and 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 we do this with all of the requests. So listeners, you don't have to worry about this, but but just know that this this is something that we worry about. I don't want to beat you over the head with technical information that you can't do anything with. If there's a setting in there somewhere, that you're never going to touch without support telling you to touch it, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, how right. much of Waffle do you really yeah. need to know or even 90, want to know? 90% of it doesn't matter. Like, it matters, but not from the administrative living with this product right. perspective. Right. There's just that 10% that if you know about, it can make the difference in, in your your experience. Let's Let's be totally honest. You're not going to necessarily absorb it on yeah. a podcast format. Yeah. It's not a format that's made to do heavy technical content. You need images, uh-huh. you need graphics, you need examples, you need demos. We can't do that on a podcast format. Maybe you can't. It's true. I can't. I can't. You got to get right. better at painting that picture with words. New Year's resolution. Get better at painting pictures with words. Well, see, what I do is I just, you know, you, you 
So here, you take all the data and you zip it up in a zip file, okay? And then you fax it, or you don't fax it, but, but you connect a modem. Put it on the space internet. Yeah, you connect a modem, and then you send it across like a modem, like old school FTP. A series but, of tubes. Yeah, but you record the sounds of the tape recorder. So you just get like, and you play that on a podcast. Boom. There you Done. go. All that stuff distributed through a podcast. That's, yeah, you download it into your brain. Through the space internet, man. Is that our, was that one of our 2016 predictions? Space internet? I refuse to make predictions. Yeah. Come on. I, Jay Kidd makes predictions. I am not nearly as smart as Jay Kidd. Well, nobody claimed that, but, you know. I predict that NetApp will continue being NetApp. Okay. <laughs> I predict that the soda machine is going to cost 25 cents in 2016 for what? me to get a Diet Dr. Pepper. No inflation? No inflation. Mm. It's, it's a bold move. Bold, move, bold move there. Andrew, I also turn. I also predict that Andrew is somehow going to manage to keep this Honda alive another year. Hey, hey, that thing has served me well until January 2nd, and that's the first issue I've had with it in six years. What happened to your Honda? Uh, so we we were having this conversation uh, yeah, uh, earlier yeah. this morning. Uh, yeah, he it, drove it all of fifteen seconds in in fourteen days, and and it turns out that that does bad things to motors. Did you try to reboot it? See, that's where you screwed up. You forgot the reboot. How many times have I told you? Have you rebooted it? I don't care about your net service stop. <laughs> reboot the damn thing. I don't think you quiesced it before you stopped it last time. Did you just quiesce uh, the file system? Disconnect the battery, count to 15, it does the same thing. <laughs> Make sure you lick the terminal before you reconnect it. Yeah, always lick the terminals. Tingly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like burning. No, it, <laughs> it's space magic. Space All magic. Right. All right, excellent. So we have successfully wasted a good 45 minutes of your time here. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. It's the urine review for the Tech Contact podcast. I'm going to reiterate, please send us uh, your thoughts, suggestions, uh, if you have any requests. Uh, it is very important to us. Yes. Although we, we always, um, we, we are never short between the three of us on topics. Um, that's not the same thing as knowing what our listeners are interested in as well. So, How, how do they send us feedback, Andrew? Podcast at netapp.com right, is podcast by far the easiest way. And it hits all three of us it at does. the same time. just hits us really hard, right in the feels. One thing that we do want to try to start this year is a new feature on the Tech on Tap podcast where you ask the NetApp guys, us, the podcast guys, a question of your choosing, and we will answer it on the podcast and give you some insight on what we think. If we don't know the answer, we'll be sure to find the people that do know the answer. So you can also reach us on podcast at netapp.com to ask us anything you'd like about NetApp or its associated products. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed with the uh, with the listeners. Like uh, we we uh, we went through and we we established the email address about a year ago, and you know I uh, took the tap off, and I figured somebody out there would do what I get at every trade show. Like every trade show I go to, at some point that trade show becomes like help me troubleshoot my problem. Yes, and I was convinced that that the second we had podcast at netup.com, it would also do the same thing. Uh, and and it's not. It's interesting. You it, know, they, if you've got a question on the communities that you just are not getting answered and you yeah. want us to take a look at it, email podcast.netup.com, and we'll talk about it here on the podcast. Yeah, we're. I'm. I. I wasn't joking when we when we first floated this out there. Ask us your your hard question. Ask us anything you want to know. Uh, 
it doesn't have to be like full podcast length either. Uh, no, it'll it'll be something. It could be something as short as when can I expect to get X in on tap, and we could say roadmap. But you know that'll be the answer probably. But you know we, we could still take the questions and answer them as they come in. Absolutely. You'll get them on a Tuesday. I'm just not going to say which one. <laughs> Isn't that like Pearl Six? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, that music tells me it is time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at netup. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes or SoundCloud or via techontappodcast.com. If you liked the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, thank you. And as always, thanks for listening. Well, that, that first show of the year there. Yeah, it, it's. It, I always think we're going to come in here and, and we're like, man, we better have. That like, just knocks out 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we, we need a lot of stuff to talk about. And then I look down, like, we've been recording for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Justin, good luck editing this. Yeah. I'm going to kick off the new year, right? I'm going to break into some of those chocolates I got for Christmas. Ooh. Some of that peanut brittle. Now we're talking. That's right. Fruitcake. Yeast balls.